You're listening to The Voice. Benvenuti a Leuven. Leuven, New York. Добро пожаловать в Leuven. Bienvenue à Leuven. Willkommen in Leuven. Leuven에 오신 걸 환영합니다. Welcome in Leuven. Hello, Leuven. And dear welcoming to all of our listeners. We are The Voice on Radio. I'm Nicholas Rojas, your personal host for today's program. Today we have something very special, something different, something you've never heard before in a podcast. We want to talk about art, arts, words, the beauty of life. We want to dedicate this evening for the abstraction and as well for the artistic expression. We want to take you for a ride within yourselves. We want to take you to explore the world that is within you. For this purpose, I have today as my co-host an incredible girl that has not only made art her life, but as well her days, her passion. Her name is Annaline. Welcome, Annaline. Hi. It's great to be here. Thank you. How are you? Um, I'm great. I'm great. I'm on the radio. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. Thank you for coming. We'll be back with you in a few minutes. Great. So we all know that The Voice is a magazine for international students, but we want to invite new people to come and write for us. We are a magazine with different sections. We have cultures and arts, science, politics and opinions, and a little bit of Leuven and international atmospheres. I have today with us one of our newest writers for The Voice this academic year. Her name is Wen. Her name is a bit complex to pronunciate for me, but I hope I'm doing it quite fine. So I want to start by asking her, why do you like writing? Why have you joined Voice? You're doing just fine, Nicholas. Um, I joined um, this year actually because I was looking for some kind of extracurricular activity uh, next to my studies. Um, and I stumbled upon the info stand of The Voice at the Uh, info market during the orientation days in September um, and I was intrigued right away um, and I learned that it is um, something that you can do with a lot of freedom uh, you can choose whatever you want to write about and uh, just go for it so I joined the first meeting of the year and um, I really liked the team that was present there so I decided to join um, and so far It's been a nice experience, yeah. Well, I'm glad to hear that. And I know that you're being involved in translating as well for the boys. Can you tell us a little bit about this duty? Um, yeah, I am uh, myself from the Netherlands, so I speak Dutch fluently. Um, so I decided to translate some articles from Vito, the Dutch counterpart of the voice. Um, so I actually translated three articles so far. Um, that were very interesting Dutch articles um, that we also wanted to publish on The Voice. That's great. And I know that you have some background knowledge on some articles that are already online and as well as some upcoming articles. Can you tell us a little bit about these articles? What can our listeners and of course our readers find there? Of course, Nicholas. Um, I myself am working on an article about Christmas markets in the surroundings of Leuven. So some in Germany, some in Belgium and some in the Netherlands. Um, and I know that some of our other members are working on articles about crisis in Latin America and uh, tuition fees that were recently raised uh, at the KU Leuven. 
Well, if you want to listen to more of our radio shows, please find us on Spotify as The Voice on Radio. And if you want to read some of these wonderful articles that are being prepared, look for us on Facebook as The Voice International Student Publication or on the Beto website under the subtitle The Voice. Here we go with our first song. We know that if we are doing a program on arts, it would be what people would call a sacrilege, not to mention Bob Dylan, the master of words, the poet and the musician. This song is Sweetheart Like You by Bob Dylan. Where the press is down, the boss ain't here, he gone on for a while. Say that vanity got the best of him, but he sure left here in style. By the way, that's a cute hat And it smiles so hard to resist What's a sweetheart like you doing in a dump like this? You know I once knew a woman who looked like you She wanted a whole man, not just a half Down 
Welcome back. Here we are in the voice on radio. I would like to welcome again and formally to Annaline. How are you, Annaline? Hi, I'm I'm great. Hi. What have you thought of the voice so far? Well, um, at first, when I was a first year student, I hadn't heard of it before. I hadn't I had heard of Vito, uh, of course. Um, the Dutch counterpart. But I think it's really interesting that international students get their platforms as well. Okay, yeah, that's amazing. And yeah. well, here we are, yeah. given an opportunity to a very special program. Mm -hmm. So I'd like to make a little bit, a little overview of what this program will be about. And I want you to help me. Okay. I want to discuss about art. Great, so I'll do my best. Before going towards our little conversation, I'd like you to present yourself. Tell us mm -hmm. who you are. What oh. do you hide behind those talents? Wow, what do I hide? Good question. Well, my name is Annelien Lermans. I'm 23 years old. Um, and the last five years I've studied uh, English, Dutch and German literature and linguistics. And now recently I started studying drama at uh, Lucas School of Arts here in Leuven. And well, what am I hiding? I hope I'm hiding some um, way of communicating emotions behind my talent, like you said earlier. Uh, which is what I hope um, acting is about. Conveying emotions and uh, being able to present thoughts of one person to another. That's beautiful. <laughs> and let me ask you something that might seem like a very easy question, but at the end will be really complicated to answer. So I want to see how you do it. <laughs> What is art for you? What would you consider art? <laughs> well, that is a very difficult question, I think. And um, my view on the matter is I think art is made when someone tries to convey a thought or convey an emotion, a feeling, a reaction to something uh, through the medium of music, of writing, of painting, of making something new. Um, and of course, you can argue whether it, this piece of art has to be uh, acclaimed by others. But I think that once someone conveys at least something through this medium and someone else gets the right to look at it, then you can call it art. But of course, it's very um, personal. So people might differ in meaning, in um, opinion. So, well, you've told us that at first you started linguistics, mm -hmm. so in English, Dutch and German. And now you're in a career of drama. Has something changed in your perspective on art? Is there something different? Is like, I don't know, how would you find the difference in these two artistic ways of, well, redundantly doing art? <laughs> That's a very good question, really, because um, the first five years of my education, I was able to look at texts, at literature uh, specifically. And um, well, of course, that's really interesting. And you get the chance to read between lines and learn what people mean by saying certain words. But um, I think by studying drama, I'm expanding this searching for meaning and for emotions, because now instead of looking Text. In, uh, instead of looking at texts, I get to look at people and their emotions and the way they they share these emotions via language or not. So uh, I think that studying languages and literature has certainly helped me to get here and will be helping me on my path. 
but I get to look at way more now. Uh, now I'm studying drama. In theater, you have verbal and non-verbal theater. Which one would you prefer? Which one would you consider a more prominent way of art? Um, which one I prefer? That's definitely verbal because, well, obviously, uh, because of my earlier career, uh, educational career, really. Um, I tend to look at texts more often. I tend to express myself through text, through, um, through language. But I think that both are equally important because people express themselves through body language as well. So there is a lot of meaning behind that as well. Um, so I don't think that I can say that one or another is more important than the, than the other. But I myself would probably choose for verbal, uh, verbal theater, but they're both equally, um, what's the word, equally important. You were talking about searching for meaning in art. Mm -hmm. How would you describe this process? How would you search for meaning doing art? That's a good question. At first, I think I'd like to look with an open mind at something. Um, and then I'd like to look at what this piece of art does to me. What do I feel when I look at it or when I hear this or when I read this? Um, And then maybe I try to have a look at what they meant by painting this or, or by writing this. But I think that what the spectator feels is can be equally important as what the writer meant or what the painter meant, for instance. And now that we are considering a city or a university where the main focus on times are other careers, would you inspire people to follow careers on art or to make art their lives? What inspired me? Well, I've always liked stories. I've always re liked reading them. I've always liked telling them because I think that a lot of people have stories that they don't know can be shared, that they don't really see that they have the opportunity or they, or they have the platform to share their stories. So I really want to share stories with other people who don't get into contact with um, a large group of other people. So I think that's what theater uh, and acting um, to me is all about. It's about telling stories to others. And I'd like to do that. And I'd like to do that professionally. So um, once I, I saw that, that that was really important to me, that really inspired me to follow my dream, really. And I think that might be the cause for more people who want to pursue a career in art in art, that they have a story to tell and that they see that they can tell it, that they should tell it, that people want to listen to them. That's beautiful. Indeed, <laughs> we all have a story to tell. Would you make us the pleasure of introducing the next song? Sure, I'd love to. The next song is a very inspirational song by the English singer-songwriter Billy Fay. Bill Fay, I'm terribly sorry, and it's called Be Not So Fearful. Enjoy. so nervous be not so frail someone watches you you will not fail be not 
so nervous, be not so frail Be not so nervous, be not so frail Be not so sorry for what you've done You must forget them now it's done Sorry for what you've done Be not so fearful Be not so pale Someone watches you You will not leave the rails Be not so fearful Be not so pale Sorry for what you've done You must forget them now it's done And when you wake up you will find you can run Be not so sorry for what you've done Welcome back. Now we are entering to the most beautiful part of this podcast. Poetry. We have brought some very special guests to recite some poetry for us. We want you to feel inspired to listen to new stories, to listen about life regardless of the language. We want you to experience the feeling rather than the words. But sometimes in the words, the feeling is indeed the most important. We have as our first guest, Annalene, of course, and she is here with Speaking in Thongs by Kay Miller. I hope you'll enjoy it. This poem begins in 1987. My grandmother dragged us to meet the Lord under a tent in St. Catherine. From here, I trace the heritage of standing spellbound as women worship. Always I am on the outskirts. I remember my grandmother unbecoming the kind of woman who sets her table each Sunday, who walks up from the river, water balanced easily on her head. My grandmother became, instead, all earthquake, tilt and twirl and spin, her orchid purple skirt blossoming. She became grunt and rumble. Sounds you can only make when your shoes have fallen off and you're on the ground, crying Rabba and Yashundai, Ribose and Baba Baba Baba. Years later, a friend tells me tongues is nothing but gibberish, the deluded pulling words out of dust. I want to ask him, what is language but a sound we christen? 
I would invite him to a tent where women are tearing their stockings, are on the ground pulling up fresh words to offer as doves to Jehovah. I would ask if he sees no meaning here, and if he never had the urge to grant an entirely new sound. The poem always would like to do this, always wants to break from its lines and let a strange language rise up. Each poem is waiting on its own day of Pentecost to thresh, to ribose and yashundai. And the poem will not care that some walk past, afraid of the words we try out on our tongues, hoping this finally is the language of God, that he might hear it and respond. So that was Speaking in Tongues by Kay Miller. Um, maybe some basic information first. Kay Miller is a Jamaican poet and fiction writer. He uh, also teaches creative writing. Um, and what I like best about this poem is the fact that it talks about the importance of words, the importance of being able to express one's feelings, even though it doesn't sound right in the language you know. It sounds right in a language that you find and that's that's just the importance of conveying a meaning I think it doesn't have to be uh, something you understand immediately it has to be something that you feel is correct and that others might not respond to but someone else might and if he doesn't then too bad that's a shame for him but it's still a way of expressing feelings a way of expressing emotions that's what language does that's what art does to me it was a beautiful poem indeed, and I'd like to ask you something that grabbed my attention of the poem. Mm -hmm. And I want to ask you, are we afraid of words? Wow, that's a good question. Um, I think that people are not afraid of words, because it, in these times it's easy to express one's opinion, and it's easy to express your words um, via art or not. I mean, social media is one platform to do that. But I do think that people are afraid to listen to others' words, not especially to use them, but to listen to the meaning of someone else. And if you forget to do that, then, well, all discussion is lost. Um, you can't really open your mind to someone else's ideas or feelings. And uh, so that's really important. It's an important message for today, I think. Thank you very much, Annalyn. It was beautiful. You're and well, it's time for our next song. The next song is something very special because it's actually a poem by the Anglo-American poet Winston Hugh Auden. And we're hidden in the plain truth of belief, the belief of what is never true. This is At Last the Secret is Out by Winston Hugh Auden, sang by Carla Bruni. The secret is out As it always must come In the end The delicious story Is ripe to tell To the intimate friend Over the teacups and the square 
the tongue as its desire Still waters run deep, my dear There's never smoke without fire Behind the corpse and the reservoir Behind the ghost on the links Behind the lady who dances And the man who madly drinks For tonight is called Ella van Lint. She's a Belgian student who's in her th- second year, I think. Her second year of literature and linguistics, Dutch and English. And she, of course, likes art as well. She um, has photography and reading literature as uh, her most important hobbies, uh, as she told me earlier. So she is about to um, present to you the Poem Ik ben vergeten van uh, by I'm terribly sorry by Maud van Howaert, uh, which is a Dutch poem. Enjoy. Ik ben vergeten hoe het voelt om als kikker geschminkt te zijn, hoe de verf in de zon opdroogt en kraakt als je lacht, hoe ik dan bang werd omdat ik dacht dat ik in een hele oude kikker veranderde. Ik ben vergeten hoe het was om in de nek van mijn vader te zitten. Mijn handen op zijn hoofd te leggen alsof ik hem beschermde. Ik ben vergeten wie er in mijn klas zat. Wie de mooiste pennenzak had. Wie ik het eerst wilde zoenen. En wie mij ooit zo dik als Afrika noemde. Ik ben eens vergeten mijn kavia uit de zon te halen. En toen ik terug in de tuin kwam, lag hij daar. Als een zwart geblakerd. Te lang gebakken stukje brood. Ik ben vergeten 
wat ik toen dacht over de dood. Ik ben zoveel namen vergeten. Ik ben de naam vergeten van de leidster op Jommekeskamp, die elke dag per se mijn haar in een dotje wil draaien. De naam van de man die na mijn val in de regen met de fiets mijn hoofd heeft gehecht. Vergeten waarom ik aan het haar van mijn zus trok. Zo vaak dat ik haar aan een haarstukje hielp. Ik ben vergeten waarom ik op een podium stond. Waarom zoveel mensen dezelfde richting opkeken en ik als enige andersom. Ik ben vergeten waarom ik als kind masturbeerde, denkend aan een felbehaarde Jezus met zijn uitstulpend kruis. Ik ben vergeten wat die zegenerin met haar zware, bewegelijke wenkbrauwen als vervaarlijk koffiedik in mijn handen heeft gelezen. Mijn eigen toekomst ben ik vergeten. Ik ben vergeten hoeveel ik van je hield. Ik had het nogthans in een boekje geschreven, met mijn handtekening eronder. Vergeten waar de kloven in je lippen zitten in de winter en hoe je slaapt of je in een bochtje lag, je knieën opgetrokken of uitgestrekt. En wij dan om de laken vochten, hoe in het felle licht van Sevilla onze pupillen zich samentrokken. Maar ik ben niet vergeten wat ik vergeten ben. Meer nog, wat ik vergeten ben, daaraan denk ik nog het meest. Zoals aan wat mijn moeder bedoelde toen ik, nog zo dik als Afrika en mijn kavia nogmaals, haar vroeg waarom vergeten geen ge krijgt. Zoals ge slapen, gegeten en gedanst. En zij toen terwijl ze de strijk oplooide, mompelde alsof ze de woorden tussen mijn kleren schoof. Vergeten wordt nooit voltooid. So, that was the poem by Maud van Howard. Ik ben vergeten. And I chose it because it's, it conveys the feeling of forgetting things. And it's, it's beautiful how she enumerates all the things she's forgotten, but that's a paradox because if you've forgotten something, you, you can't recall it, but she does. And for me, art is conveying a, a memory or um, the lack thereof. Um, and yeah, I, I tend to forget sometimes uh, things or, or words and I get awkward and so when I suddenly recall things then I get quite uh, happy and so the feeling in this poem is, is a feeling I have um, a lot of the times when I suddenly recall something and then I get happy and it's, it's a nice feeling yeah great it's actually a very beautiful poem what I like best about it is the fact that she Um, recalls things that are both pleasant memories and less pleasant memories. I mean, for instance, when she's fighting with her sister when her uh, guinea pig died. Yeah. So it's it's the, the the memories she recalls are both are just very typical for life on its own. Mm -hmm. Very banal, yeah. almost. Yeah. But I think it's a good summary of life mm -hmm. of of a life. Um, yep. Up until now, yeah. So it, it shows that poetry doesn't have to be um, highly complicated, mm -hmm. I think. That it can just yeah. be about simple things, yeah. yeah.
Very beautifully put. Yeah. I really liked the paradox in it, and I'd like to hear your opinion. Do you think that actually we can forget? Mm. Whoa, mind blown. <laughs> um, well, in the in the end, she says, "Vergeten wordt nooit voltooid." So, forgetting is never accomplished; it's never over. But yeah, when you forget something, maybe it's it's somewhere in the far back of your brain, and you can bring it up by making art, maybe. Yeah. You are saying that art for you is conveying a memory. Yeah. How would you describe that process of making art? I think an artist remembers something and he or she um, felt something together with the memory. And then they decide, well, this memory is so important to me that I want to share it with other people. Um, but also maybe to remember it um, when the art is made. And what about you, Annalyn? Do you think that can we forget? Well, I think Ella put it very correctly. I mean, that's that's what I think about it as well, that you can shove it up into the back of your mind um, where you can't really reach it by yourself, maybe. But I think that sometimes you tend to forget something and then it comes back when you smell something familiar or you see something or read something familiar. So, yeah, I, I think the poem says it all. It's never done. It's never really over when you forget something. So it's just your brain seems to stack it somewhere under a couple of, couple of other things where you can't really reach reach this very specific memory. So I think maybe maybe not. Maybe you can't forget. All right, then we'll move over to the next song. The next song is a very um, favorite of mine, personally. It's um, about the power of contradictions in the world, in life, and maybe uh, most importantly, in love. It's called Poison and Wine by the Civil Wars.
was Poison and Wine by the Civil Wars. Now you, Nicholas, have prepared a poem as well in Spanish for us, uh, a poem from your own writing even. So we're looking forward to that. It's called, uh, excuse my Spanish, Noche en que París se vendió a la luna. Lejos de casa, andaba como danzaba el viento. Yo observaba, sí, bajo una farola desnuda. Sus pasos ligeros eran rastros sin rastro. La quietud, tranquilidad insoportable. En la colilla, marchito el rojo de sus labios. Rojo abstracto, leve, oscuro y difunto. Sobre su abrigo ese olor a tabaco que se impregnaba denso, amargo. De mi ciudad, la soledad de las calles, de luto infame se vestía al sereno. Seríamos sombra en escondite visible, los motivos de la infamia y la mentira. Su mirada se perdía en los ojos devotos a ella. Ofuscaba el retrato de imprudente insensato. En mis brazos, ella, sin ningún apuro. Esa humedad, complicidad del deseo. Las luces se encendían en nuestros sentidos. Y caían lágrimas, ácidas en su dulzura. Sus manos sobre mi torso. Y las mías se deslizaban en sus calles serenas. Su cuerpo fue en sinfonía a mi roce. La tez sobre mi impaciente pecho en sosiego. Sus comisuras en mi tacto fueron pliegues, dobleces, senderos y arcos. Observados por los cielos mediocres, cautivados por los gritos mudos del asfalto. Hicimos el amor esa noche, o esa misma noche el amor nos hizo a nosotros. Ensordecedora fue esa brevedad de luna menguante, en que el amante es más cuerdo que la cordura. Ensordecedora fue esa brevedad de luna menguante, en que París se vendió a la luna. Well, this was the poem Noche en que París se vendió a la luna. It was a poem that came from my heart, but it's kind of a story, a short story, to be honest, of two people. They're walking in the streets of Paris at midnight, let's say. There is no one around. You cannot see anything. It's just shadows, cold, and the night the stars watching you, that's all of it. But that that moment of quietness, you can find that someone is there. You can feel the other one and you feel love. Because sometimes in the world, we just feel collapsed by the truth. We feel collapsed by the opinions of others or we feel judged if we like something, if we love someone, we want to be something else, someone else. But in that quietness of the night, in the streets, empty, no one is there to judge you. They're just, it's just the air 
that you breathe with your lover. So it doesn't matter how you feel, you're free to be, you're free to feel. So this poem tries to embrace kind of a romantic night between two lovers. There is certain attraction at first, but they do not know if they really have to be with the other or not. They are wondering whether it's real or not. But it's just at that point of knowing that nothing could happen. It doesn't matter if it's right or wrong. It can happen. No one is there to watch you. No one is there to tell you there is impossible. No one is even there to tell you that things should not be what they cannot be. So I try to put kind of this message into the poem, like a scream for love, regardless of what the people can think or feel. That's very beautiful, Nicholas. It is. Um, I couldn't understand uh, the words that you wrote because my Spanish is horrible. Terribly sorry. <laughs> no worries. <laughs> But um, I could get this feeling of calmness at night because you have a very calm and soft and uh, slow voice and, and way of speaking. So you actually shared this this feeling, this atmosphere that you want to um, get probably in your words as well, you actually convey that just by your voice alone and that makes it really strong, even for people who don't understand exactly what you're saying. So I immediately felt this calm atmosphere as well, even though I couldn't understand it. Now, I just have one question for you. Is it because you've been in this kind of situation that you wrote it or because you really want to be in this kind of situation? That's a really complicated question, okay, to be honest. Okay, if it's too personal, you don't have to answer. I mean, it's something that has happened. Did you feel at night with someone, you're walking and there is no one around, you feel free. You're like, okay, I can love. doesn't matter, I don't have the responsibilities that I have during the day. So I've had this experience, but we know in this world, well, it's overpopulated. It's impossible to be fully alone with your lover. It's impossible to be there at a quiet street, In Paris, it's not possible to do it. So I think there is more like an idealized situation of something that we may believe in, but perhaps not to that extent of quietness. Okay. Wow. That's that's it's that, a, that's how it sounds it great. <laughs> yeah, it sounds great, and I hope you find that situation though. Hopefully, I will. Yeah. <laughs> Well, thanks for your comments. And well, our next song, it's a very poetic song from a Portuguese singer called Roberto Carlos. And I have a little phrase that represents this song and is, the absence of what we love and desire is the vanity of missing what we missed. So it's kind of related to the poem itself. This song is called El Gato Que Está Triste y Azul by Roberto Carlos. Chiquillo, que alegría Jugando a la guerra noche y día Saltando una verja verte a ti Y así en tus ojos algo nuevo descubrir Rosas decían que eras mía Y un gato me hacía 
compañía Desde que me dejaste Yo no sé por qué La ventana es más grande Sin tu amor El gato que está en nuestro cielo No va a volver a casa si no estás Lo sabes mi amor Qué noche bella, presiento que tú estás en esa estrella El gato que está triste y azul, nunca se olvida que fuiste mía Mas sé que sabrá de mi sufrir, porque mis ojos una lágrima hay vida, no lo sé, el gato que está en nuestro cielo, no va a volver a casa si no estás, no sabes mi amor, que noche bella, presiento que tú estás en esa estrella, el gato que está triste y azul, nunca se olvida, que fuiste mía, mas siempre serás en mi mirar, lágrima clara de primavera, el gato que está en la oscuridad, sabe que mi alma, una lágrima hay, el gato que está triste y azul. Siempre serás en mi mirar la prima clara de primavera, el gato que está triste y azul, nunca se olvida que fuiste mía, mas siempre serás. We are back with the voice on radio. Now our next guest and final guest, unfortunately, is a dear friend of mine. She is a poet as well. She likes writing and she likes art. She has brought for us today a poem that I hope I pronounce well because my French is not that good either. C'est que tu fais de moi is an unpublished poem from her own writing. I hope you'll enjoy it. Que dois-je écrire parce que la langue n'a plus de mots? Que dois-je dire lorsque la voix n'a plus de son Que dois-je respirer lorsque l'oxygène n'est plus une nécessité Que dois-je regarder lorsque mes yeux ne contemplent que ta beauté Que dois-je entendre lorsque mes oreilles ne veulent que ta voix tendre Regarde, est-ce que tu vois Vois-tu ce que tu fais de moi Tu m'as ensorcelé, paralysé, et je me trouve captivé, ne pouvant et ne voulant se libérer de toi et de ton sourire et de ta charmante personnalité. 
Je suis devenu un petit enfant, errant dans les rues, cherchant à écrire ton nom sur les murs. Je suis devenu un désert, assoiffé de toi et de ton mystère. Je suis devenu un ange qui rassemble tes yeux, de millions d'étoiles et des cieux. Dis-moi, est-ce que tu vois Vois-tu ce que tu fais de moi Si tu savais combien de nuits j'ai passé, éveillé à te contempler, si tu savais combien de fois j'ai souhaité, par coïncidence, te rencontrer, que mes yeux rencontrent tes yeux, que mon âme touche ton âme, et que nos cœurs soient flammes. Combien de fois Combien Je ne sais pas. Maintenant, est-ce que tu vois ce que tu fais de moi uh, This is a poem uh, written by, by me. Uh, and it's uh, like, the title is What have you done to me? Or what are you doing to me? Uh, I decided to write this poem like a few years ago when I was feeling something, uh, something beautiful uh, that I cannot um, explain. So to commemorate this beautiful feeling, I decided to write a poem since uh, I believe that uh, a strong feeling like, like love can, cannot be expressed orally, but it should be written. Um, and and in this poem, uh, um, I w like I lost all my senses, and uh, I, I'm I'm like I'm a kid. I'm a desert. Uh, I'm an, I'm an angel, looking and searching for the true feeling of of uh, what I'm feeling toward the someone I'm writing to. Um, yes, and 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 the, there's always the same question repeating all over the the poem like wh what are you doing to me and like i'm changing i'm, bec I'm becoming a better person uh, a person that who is uh, uh, like who has been loved yep. that's beautiful you almost made me cry in here oh <laughs> well i wanted to ask you do you think that people could be art People are art. Why? Because they're, they are part of the nature. Uh, they are like a complex, but simple at the same time. So... Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't know what to say, but it's like a very complicated question. But all I know is... People is like uh, is the image of something great, and uh, they do. Someone who do art, someone who creates something, m must be a part of it. So, so what when you write a poem, you you put something, a piece of yourself in it. When you draw a some like uh, a drawing or um, um, or sing a song, you put something of your feelings in it. So, it's art. People are art. I'm glad to hear that we are art. <laughs> well, Annalene, do you want to add something? Yeah, I just wanted to add to the last, the final thing you said that actually art, there's no art without people, but there's no people without art. That's what it sounded like to me. And what I really liked about your poem is the fact that you start very basic with, do you see what you're doing to me? I can't breathe and you're you're very basically explaining what's visible and then you kind of transfer us to a dream world where you describe 
things you feel and things you see because you refer to an angel, you refer to this child, you refer to a desert. So it seemed to me like I was in a dream. But every time you just you draw our attention back to this main question that you keep asking, that you um, ask a couple of times. So it's it's a really interesting way of letting people dream of something and then getting their attention back to you because you ask them again. Do you see what you're doing to me? And I, I think that was the most beautiful part of the poem. I agree. It was really beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. Well, unfortunately, we have run out of time. But we hope that we'll have more poets coming ahead, more shows about art, because I think there is something that really involves everyone. And as you said, we're art. So if we are here, it's because we want to do it. We want to do art. So I would like to thank everyone for coming. So thank you very much, Shiman, Ella, Wen, and of course, Anne, for coming to this show. And well, I hope to see you again in one of these activities. So for all of our listeners, do not forget to follow us on Spotify, on The Voice on Radio as well. You can look for our articles on the website thevoiceleuven.be and on our Facebook as The Voice International Publications. Thank you very much. This is Nicholas Rojas saying goodbye. And here, Annaline will introduce our last song. Thank you for listening. Thank you for having me, Nicholas. Thank you for having us and for letting us talk about art because it's still important. So the last song, the final song of this podcast will be a very beautiful and uplifting song that um, really fits the theme of the last poem, Quand on a que l'amour by Jacques Brel. Quand on a que l'amour à s'offrir en partage au jour Grand voyage qu'est notre grand amour Quand on a que l'amour Mon amour, toi et moi Pour qu'éclate de joie Chaque heure et chaque jour Quand on a que l'amour Pour vivre nos promesses Sans nulle autre richesse Que d'y croire toujours Quand on a que l'amour Pour meubler de merveilles Et couvrir de soleil La laideur des faubourgs Quand on a que l'amour Pour unique raison Pour unique chanson Pour habiller matin, pauvres et malandrins de manteaux de velours, quand on n'a que l'amour à offrir en prière pour les maux de la terre en simple troubadour, quand on n'a que l'amour. À offrir à cela dont l'unique combat est de chercher le jour quand on n'a que l'amour pour tracer un chemin et forcer le destin à chaque carrefour quand on n'a que l'amour pour parler au canon et rien qu'une chanson pour convaincre un tambour. 
chance d'aimer Nous aurons dans nos mains, amis, le monde entier